This is culture war stuff at its very base level, and it is only seeking to divide us even further. And that is not what I was promised with President Biden. My final thing, if we're going to do this moral equivalency sliding scale with the Biden administration, 100% you need to come out today and say that you are boycotting the Beijing Olympics because there is mass genocide going on with the Uyghurs there. And you have nothing to say. We have nothing to say about this, and we're still going to go to the Olympics where mass genocide is happening, but we are going to boycott everything in the state of Georgia. That is ridiculous. The American public aren't stupid. They aren't. And this is just virtue signaling across the board. And like it or not, Republicans and Democrats they do have to know that with each other. I'm not, I'm sorry. Legs. Yes, they do. I'm sorry. They do. That's all right. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Are you, are you done? Yeah. Yes, yes, sorry. Sorry. Okay, right. Okay. Okay. frog legs yes i did i had to dig so hard to find it because the view youtube tried to hide it hide from it me the, for frog legs they, they tried, tried to, to rewrite history and i read that on the west coast broadcast they took it out there as oh well my god like why censorship like, <laughs> but also like they this shit happens all the time on the I view know. and they leave it so like I why know. this time with someone like we can't have that go out there it's like they were like it's like they forgot and they were like that's a swear word like it's like they like, <laughs> genuinely forgot that like it was already censored and they were like it's too close to a swear word <laughs> I don't get, like, who decides this. Like, if it's already trending on Twitter, then how are you going to cut it out? When like, it's are- not even, like, <laughs> if it was, like, a legitimate swear word that got slipped and they had decided to cut it, I'd be like, makes sense. But the fact that it, like, literally isn't a swear word, that's what's so funny to me. But, yeah, I did find it eventually. I had to follow a trail of breadcrumbs left for me in the YouTube comment section to find a frog leg. <laughs> to find a frog leg. So, are you ready for this? Yep. Okay, 2011. I remember that year. Do ya? Now we're starting to scrape the beginning of my memory. <laughs> so, Steve Jobs. Mm-hmm. Amanda Knox. Mm-hmm. Anne Hathaway. 2011. I think that Amanda Knox was the most fascinating person. I think that Steve Jobs was on the list. And I think that Anne Hathaway was not on the list. The most fascinating person was actually steve jobs okay but you were correct that okay. anne hathaway was fake you i could tell you were trying to fake me out with that one you were playing into my um my anne hathaway sim- sympathizer <laughs> tendencies <laughs> because in an earlier podcast i had stated that i had a soft spot for annie and i i knew that you were trying to fool me with that one <laughs> I have a question for you. Yeah. Did you know who Steve Jobs was? Steve Jobs was before he died? Yeah. Okay. Did you not? No, it's not Kevin. someone I ever like thought about until he died and all of a sudden he was a mega celebrity. Oh my god. No, I I knew who he was because he used to always do the like, you know how they do their big PowerPoint presentation a couple of times a year to tell us what iPhone is coming out so we know that our current iPhone is going to crash. He used to always do those big presentations and that's well, with his black turtleneck. So like that's how how I knew who he was. Well, I wasn't in that vicious you weren't logged cycle. into the <laughs> PowerPoint. I I don't even know if I believe that. Like, I have a hard Kevin. time believing that people knew who Steve Jobs was. And I feel like 
it's a conspiracy and when he died everyone just started acting like they knew him (laughs) no i would say that like if anything after he died there was a long period of and this i'm not speaking for everyone i'm just speaking specifically for my um weird twisted little brain there was a period of time where i forgot that he died and i still was like referring to him as the head of apple it took me like months to realize that it was that other guy I know what I'm saying is controversial, but <laughs> it's also me being vulnerable and honest. That it just goes to show that we as humans experience reality in such different ways. I thought that the man was living well past his death. You didn't even know he was here before he died. Walk a Dude. mile in <laughs> someone else's shoes. Turtle man. <laughs> 2012, Taylor Swift, mm-hmm. David Petraeus, mm-hmm. Honey Boo Boo. Who was the most fascinating? Who was fake? Can I ask you to tell me who David Petraeus is, or is that like, are we crossing a line? Well, he was on, he was in the game before. He's a general, a U.S. general. Oh, okay, okay. Um, ooh, I think that Honey Boo Boo was on the list. I don't think Taylor Swift was on the list. Wow, you are correct. Oh wait, I mean, I, I didn't actually say who I fa- thought was the most fascinating. Uh, I'm going to say that he's the only person the, left. The guy, the guy, <laughs> the man. Like, we got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know why Barbara, like, was so crazy about him that she had to put yeah, him on the Yeah, what is her fixation again. on this man? <laughs> this time he was on because he resigned. Okay. <laughs> and Honey honey Boo Boo, it was just her year. You know? That was her year. That was her year. I Um, love seeing Barbara, like, have to talk about Honey Boo Boo so much. I love that for her. Yeah, that was her year. And I feel like that probably was also around the time of when um, Kanye interrupted Taylor Swift at that awards show. So I felt like, but I felt like that wouldn't be enough for Barbara to put Taylor on the list. So again, I was like, I think he's trying to trick me. I'm never trying to do you wrong. (laughs) I'm just playing a game. I always take it as like a personal attack. I always take it as a personal attack from you onto my intelligence. And I've been training and I'm getting better at this. (laughs) There was someone on the 2012 list that Um, made their third appearance now. They're truly so fascinating to Barbara. Was it Tom Cruise? No, it was Hillary Clinton. Oh, I should have known. Mm-hmm. The woman that Barbara shares a special connection with, where she sees her journey intertwined with Hillary's. Yeah, they share a journey and a pantsuit. The sisterhood of <laughs> and the a traveling dream. pantsuit and a dream. <laughs> so... There were many a segment on The View recently that ruffled feathers Mm -hmm. in the medias. Yes. One of which was related to some comments that Meghan McCain had made, if you could believe. Mm -hmm. Oh my god. So I want to talk about some of those. If you can believe. So... So yeah, I, wa- I wanted to go into some of the response to segments on The View in the media recently. And so one, it, one is related to something Megan said about identity politics. Correct. So during a hot mm-hmm. topic on the show, you may recall, they were discussing uh, all of the anti-Asian violence mm-hmm. and... They were talking about how a senator, Tammy Duckworth, had insisted that Biden's cabinet has more Asian Americans. Mm -hmm. And it turned into this whole discussion about 
identity politics and it was bad it was weird timing because it's fresh off the heels of like megan having received all of this backlash for the resurfacing of her right previous video dismissing trump calling the coronavirus a china flu Mm -hmm. uh which she ended up apologizing for and so fresh on the heels of that they're having this conversation about identity politics and she lit up the twitter on fire she went into this whole thing questioning whether she basically said that like america is a meritocracy and uh that she questioned whether race and gender are more important than someone's qualifications i truly believe the most qualified people should be holding uh, you know, places that do things like national security and infrastructure, things that literally are the meat and potatoes of make that make the country great. I believe that what makes America exceptional is the fact that we're a meritocracy, that you can be anything, that you can come from anywhere and go and have success in any capacity. And I think the question Democrats have to reconcile with right now is whether or not race and gender are more important than qualification. So if you have someone who is more qualified, who happens to be a white straight person, who is more on paper, has more experience in whatever field that they're being nominated for than a minority with less experience, are we now in a place where this matters and our society is not a meritocracy it's a patriarchal white supremacist yeah. society like so it's i don't know i don't know what she was getting at there but it didn't it was not right mm-hmm. and uh it didn't seem right to me but uh so sunny and joy explained like how i feel about it in in their response to that but after megan's statements she got so much criticism and one of them being this person named Lindsay Boylan. Uh, She responded on Twitter to this like viral clip of Megan talking about identity politics. She's a former Cuomo aide who is one of the people that accused him of Mm -hmm. sexual harassment. She tweeted the clip of Megan and said, there's a lot to unpack here. All I'm going to say is Megan McCain needs to read up on what identity politics actually is, please. Then Megan saw that, responded to it, and said, Hi, Lindsay. Would love to have you come on The View to talk about this and also your accusations against Governor Cuomo. I believe the show has reached out already. I find real conversations much more impactful than keyboard politics behind a screen. And then Lindsay Boylan responded, I think... I think we start to respect someone when we don't change the topic to feature the abuse that they've suffered when they haven't actually invited you into that conversation. Megan then responded again and said, respectfully, I would love to talk to you in general about identity politics and have also remained horrified by all the accusations from you against Governor Cuomo. Then, (laughs) of course... Because she probably has alerts set up for the word Cuomo, Janice Dean chimed in uh, and responded to Lindsay Boylan and said, Megan is a target of hate every single day on this platform. Unfortunate that you want to pile on. If you would like to talk with her in person and let her know how you feel and talk it out like adults, I can connect you. Like, I'm sorry, is Janice doing Megan's fucking PR right now? Like, what? (laughs) When did Janice yeah. become her agent? So, such a strange thing for Janice to say. But then Lindsay said, in response to Janice, actually, I completely disagree with you, Janice. She's talking about identity politics the same week that a group of Asian women were murdered, this week in part because of the narrative that she helps validate. I am raising an Asian American daughter, and I refuse to continue validating that or allowing these those with a platform to do so. If either of you want to talk to me about that lived experience, I'm all ears. Also, just like, not to make this about Janice, but also extremely bizarre that Janice would decide to chime in on this after Lindsay has said to Megan, like, don't (laughs) chime in about something that I'm not asking you about. And then Janice is like, further to Megan's point, (laughs) stop. But it's not only that. MSNBC did an entire segment devoted to what Megan had to say mm-hmm. in in Hot Topics where Tiffany Cross like 
broke down all of the issues with Megan's statement. Yeah. And she had some very harsh words for Megan. This morning, I'd like to have a quick conversation about identity politics and a princess called Megan. McCain decided to chide Senators Tammy Duckworth and Maisie Hirono, who expressed their frustration over the Biden administration's shortage of senior Asian Americans. In response, McCain, whose talent, as far as I can tell, is finding great black hairstylists and benefiting from nepotism, had this to say. We've only had one Asian American host co-host this show. So does that mean that one of us should be leaving at some point because there's not enough representation? We're talking about is identity politics more important than qualifications of a job? Uh, Yes, one of you should definitely lose your job. I'll give you two guesses, but you'll only need one. There was one part where, like, I literally let out a scream. From now on, I hope you speak less and listen more and take a little time to enjoy this view. (laughs) So it wasn't just Megan who caused a reaction from certain people. Joy also ruffled some feathers with former friend to the show, Judge Janine Pirro. She wanted to respond to something that she saw on The View. And it was in a hot topic where the ladies were discussing that VP Harris, I I guess she was like, being put in charge of managing the border crisis mm-hmm. in some way and they were talking like about is that good or something <laughs> and joy they were talking in general about like how the the crisis at the border is a huge problem mm-hmm. and joy was saying how kamala will address it humanely and she was like kamala will be humane you can't leave it to the other side because uh, if the other side thinks that they are a lower level of human, and then she just right. started going, I'm talking to you, Janine. You know, you cannot leave this to the other side. Uh, look at what uh, Janine Pirro, this is just outrageous, Janine. Janine, I'm looking at you. You should be ashamed of yourself. She said that these kids are a lower level of human being. I mean, we're, we're going into some weird territory here when you say something about another human being like that, Janine. I used to know you. I used to like you. What the hell is going on with you, Janine? Come on, Janine. There was this uh, Fox segment where Janine was talking about, like, I think her point was something along the lines of, like, these kids that come over are getting wrapped up with drug cartels. Yes, the same point that Megan had tried to make when they were talking about the border crisis. But, um, yeah, she was saying, like, they get connected to these drug cartels and then they are, like forced into a lower level of humanity or something. When that sheriff said to me, Janine, this is modern day slavery. The the bringing of these children into this country where they will be forever connected to a cartel is slavery. What we're doing here is we are promoting a lower level of human being who will be controlled from other countries. Mm. So stop trying to make this about this is who not who we are. This is about crime coming into this country, and it's a reality, and we're losing. And so Joy was calling her out for that, and then Judge Janine devoted an entire segment on her show to calling out Joy. Yes. (laughs) And her response was to say that she has walked the walk and Joy (laughs) has not. She repeated walk the walk, talk the talk so many times that I'm not joking. So the clip is like six minutes long, but I thought that it had ended and was like restarting multiple times because I was like, well, she just said this. Did I like go back to the beginning by accident? No, she just kept repeating it. And I thought at certain parts, her cadence was almost like Sherry O'Terry's impersonation of Barbara Walters. <laughs> But then as she went on, it changed a bit. But her point was basically that she has been to the border and I don't see you walking children in nature, Joy. Yeah. But And then at the end, she like yells at Joy as though Joy is like some teenager like in a basement smoking weed. Like she's like, get off your ass, Joy. And 
do something. She was like, I have never in my life yelled at a girl like this. For 30 years, I helped people escape violence, and I punished those who committed that violence. I didn't talk about it. I didn't put myself on a chair in front of a camera and yap about something. I fought. I prosecuted. I convicted. I sentenced. And when the laws weren't strong enough, I fought to change the laws. I created task forces and provided shelters and safe havens, connecting with churches and social services and mental health professionals. So don't you ever accuse me, because unlike you, I don't just talk the talk. I have actually walked the walk. I did something. I did something. I actually did something. She's like a super villain. <laughs> like, she's like a cartoon. Yeah, it was like Doctor when like Doctor Evil gets to talk to like the President of the United States. It was like that. There's something I wish I could quote, but I forget that she said at the end that was like, "You go get a job." Like, <laughs> oh, she said like, she's she was like, "All you do is sit around and talk with your friends." Like as though the view is oh, yeah. not joy. Like, yes. like, that's Joy's job. It's not like her sitting around with her drinking buddies. And then <laughs> she said, and then she went, so why don't you try getting off your comedy club stage and going out there and making a difference? So instead of sitting on your butt with your friends pontificating, get down to the border, go into a courtroom, a victim center, family court, a shelter, volunteer, have the courage to step off your comedy club stage and do something that matters, that makes a difference. And yeah, Joy, I'm talking to you. And that's my closing. <laughs> what? First of all, when do you think the last time was that Joy Behar was performing at a comedy club? <laughs> Secondly, what? Her job is to be TV host. It's not to go do whatever it is you think you're doing janine very janine Janine, listen janine very very strange come on janine come on janine janine please (laughs) (laughs) okay i have a voice memo from someone named travis hello deja the view i am a new listener i started about three weeks ago and i'm working my way back my question to you guys is, do you think we'd have the view as we have it today had Meredith never left and Rosie was ushered in? Thanks. Very interesting. If Meredith, if Meredith had never left, would we have the view as we have it now? Can you remind me and possibly other listeners, um, what was the reason that Meredith left? To go to the Today Show. Interesting. With Matt Lauer. Wow, very interesting and a little bit dark-sided. What do you think? I think Rosie definitely deserves credit for making the show talk about more serious or, like, more politically topical things. Like, I think Rosie for sure deserves that credit. But I do also think, like, it probably would have happened anyway. Yeah. Because... I think people are, because of things happening like Trump and like a pandemic and like the Me Too movement, I think like people are, and social media, people are a little bit more politically engaged anyway. Like I think people want to hear that stuff. Mm. But I think Rosie definitely like was a catalyst for it on The View. And it's not that they didn't talk about a bunch of stuff like that before, but Rosie definitely made it more front and center. That was like her mission too. Yeah. And to what you're saying, I almost think that um, she helped put like a, an approachable kind of like face on politics. Yeah. I think people have changed. Like, I don't know if this was the norm for everyone, but I remember when I was a little kid, like asking my mom who she voted for. And she was like, I don't have to tell you. Cause I feel like it was very normal to like, keep that a secret. But now people talk about that shit all the time. They let it all hang out. For sure. Yeah. 
and totally like i remember when we learned about politics in elementary and middle school they were like and remember you don't tell people who you voted for and now it's like the opposite yeah so in short i think the view would have gotten there anyway but rosie definitely propelled it Mm -hmm. i agree (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm, yes me also (laughs) (laughs) i'm assuming that that's what travis thinks as well yeah from asking from based on the question right yeah because i feel like now meredith would seamlessly come into the view and it would be the same but it is hard to say if things would have been different if she hadn't have left, you know? Can you imagine Meredith and Sarah on the same show? Oh, mother-daughter. Yeah. That actually is like my dream show. Just only Meredith and Sarah (laughs) taking calls and giving advice. (laughs) Yeah, that would be good. It's called, okay, here's my pitch to ABC. It's called Call Me Maybe, and it's... Meredith and Sarah, and they take phone calls and they give advice. I like it. <laughs> That's all I ever really wanted for the Sarah and Kiki show. Yeah. Like, I just wanted them to be like Kathy Lee and Hoda. Yeah. Kathy Lee and, and I know Hoda. that that's probably what Sarah wanted too. Like a mix between Kathy Lee and Hoda and also um, Stacey London and um, that guy from What Not to Wear. So sometimes maybe I could go on and be like, help me. <laughs> help clean out my closet. And they would do that. <laughs> <laughs> we have another voice memo and it is a message from none other than our listener in Italy, Alberto. Hi guys, how are things going? Um, I've been really enjoying your podcast lately. I I do love your latest contributor. She's so fun. And uh, I've just been watching some of the latest subtopics and I have some thoughts. Basically, this is a note to Sarah, you know, in Catholic, in Catholicism, you know, people say there's two kinds of popes, those for times of war and those popes for times of peace. And I think Sarah is the perfect host for, you know, a time of almost peace. And I mean, she's such a complex human being, so eloquent and at the same time so reassuring when when they talk about you know family stuff and everyday things and even when it comes down to politics now that now that the elections are you know far behind us i'm really appreciating her and her, i mean her ability to look at both sides in such a non ideological manner and in a way that you don't know what she's gonna say and it's um, you know now that are easier times that's a quite valuable thing since when it comes down to Joey or Megan or even Sunny lately you already know what they're gonna say that's okay you don't have the interaction in the studio so it's basically a bunch of talking heads and well, that's not what the view is about but sarah she's so i don't know she's she's so fun but deep yes deep i i'm quite enjoying her i think that the sarah haynes fan club has a new president <laughs> i think wow. like i love sarah as a person and i don't think I've been vibing with her like political takes as much this season but I would fight for her on this show yeah there's a pope for times of war and a pope for Mm -hmm. times of peace and Sarah is a pope for times of peace I think that's so beautiful that's so beautiful and if there was like a religion that Sarah was the head of (laughs) you could sign me up today I, it's interesting how when the season first started, I was a little lukewarm on her takes. And now, more recently, she, I'm, 
I'm starting to fall under her spell again. And I don't know what, I don't know what has shifted. Is it her? Is it me? Or is it just the topics that they're doing where she is once again revealing herself to be extremely compassionate and empathetic? I don't know what it is, but I'm vibing with it once again. And so I'm happy to hear that I'm not alone. I just think like, like, I'd like to quote Abby Huntsman quoting AOC. <laughs> Moderates, meh. But I, <laughs> but I still ended up falling in love with Abby, and I still love Sarah. Like just yeah. as people on the sh- characters on the show, like Sarah has such an important role there. Otherwise, yeah. it really would be such doom and gloom. So. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'll fight for her. I'll fight for my pope. Yeah. My peace she pope. Is my peace pope. <laughs> so let's move into a hot topics kind of space. What hot topics are you doing? The last couple weeks on The View, they discussed the Georgia voter suppression stuff which is going on which is what gave us oh for frogs legs yes <laughs> republicans and democrats they do have know that live with each other i'm not oh, i'm sorry legs. yes they do I'm sorry? they do that's all right so thank goodness for that they talked about the Derek Chauvin trial they talked about gun violence they had the return of Pete Buttigieg after a couple weeks off. I didn't watch. I think like it's important to not watch. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's important to know your limit and play within it. Yeah, I don't. I'm not doing that. Um, and they. <laughs> so the hot topics of the last little bit, I think, have revealed a lot about Sarah and Megan's work relationship. So let's start with this, which is they were discussing the allegations against Matt Gates, which include connections to sex trafficking and other mm-hmm. sexual misconduct. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about how he was on Tucker Carlson to clear things up, but he only made mm-hmm. it worse. Yeah. And Matt Gates was like, so what if I bring a 17 year old woman to dinner? Yeah. Okay. A lot of red flags in that (laughs) one little sentence. And so they're talking about this. Everyone is like, including Megan, everyone is like, yeah, like he's a really sketchy guy. Like we Mm -hmm. all agree that he, this is bad and he sucks. I think uh, it speaks to the fact, you know, this man grew up in a political uh, family that had a lot of power, a lot of money. And there's this uh, arrogance. And then Megan, like, takes it a step further and decides to call out Sarah for laughing when they were discussing Jeffrey Tubin. You know, I remember when the Jeffrey Tubin incident happened, when he was caught masturbating on a live Zoom, and everyone, including you, Sarah, on the show, thinking it was hilarious. I think all things having to do with men and sex and them exposing themselves and showing photos, it's a violation for all women, no matter the context. I understood her point about, like, Uh, how maybe it gets like scoffed at like when men misbehave this way or like when there's allegations of sexual misconduct towards men it gets like tossed aside like it's not a big deal I got her point I did not feel that she needed to make it about Sarah Haynes (laughs) having a giggle fit feeling uncomfortable when discussing that zoom incident it was very yeah To what you said earlier, I think it showed a lot about where Megan stands with regards to Sarah. Yeah, so, and also the fact that when Megan is sitting there calling out Sarah, they don't even get a shot of Sarah's face. I know. Like, who is directing this show? It was like Sarah wasn't even there. And not only that, like, then Sarah doesn't get to respond I know. And then the show ends with Sunny, who, like, does her little speech. And then she, like, goes on a rant, basically. And then is, like, fired up, like, ramping up, ramping up, ramping up, ramping up. And then she's, like, 
I have a legal note also. <laughs> People are talking about Eric Swalwell. I would like to see some of that energy directed at Death Santis. That's the energy that we need to be talking, uh, that, that we need to be uh, projecting. But no, we don't hear that because of the gaslighting from the Republican Party. And that playbook seems to be working. And I have a legal note. <laughs> Earlier in the segment, like when Megan first started talking, she called out Sarah in a more subtle way because when Sarah was making her point, she was like, I can't believe that this is the kind of person who gets elected to Congress. Like you would think someone who's representing us in Congress would be held to a higher standard. And then Megan began her point by being like, well, any moron can get elected to Congress to answer Sarah's question. <laughs> I knew something went off in my head, like radar, that like it was coming closer. <laughs> yeah. Something bad was approaching. And like a lot of people are noticing it now and wondering like, what is it between those two? Yeah. After Megan called out Sarah on the show, you know how Sarah does her like little Instagram Q&As all the time. Mm -hmm. Someone said, when was your last shaking my head moment? And Sarah oh wrote earlier today. <laughs> <laughs> and then in another one, Someone asked, and I'm not saying this is necessarily about Megan, but the timing mm -hmm. was making everyone question. She said, someone asked, is there anyone famous you worked with that was just a jerk? And she said, yes, exclamation points. And then she said, and I'll just leave that there. Ah! Someone also asked, can you name any qualified conservatives that you enjoyed guest hosting with in the past? any qualified conservatives. And she said, although a libertarian, I am partial to Jedediah Bila. I always learned from her. She was always open to a chat on or off the show. I mean, you can read into it quite a yeah. bit if you want. Wow. If you're one of those people that one of those people. read into things. Yeah. If I've learned anything from years of watching criminal minds it's that there is no such thing as coincidences <laughs> <laughs> and when things feel like they're pointing in one direction that's probably that's probably what it is it's occam's razor to quote <laughs> mccain it's occam's razor oftentimes the, the most obvious yeah the most obvious solution is is um the easiest solution is the most obvious one it's not great so Megan got her shot at Sarah, but then Sarah got a little bit of revenge later on in the week when they were talking about vaccine passports. And they were talking about how a lot of Republican men are the ones that are anti-vax. Although I hate how people keep referring to it as vaccine hesitant because mm -hmm. it's like a nicer way of saying anti-vax. Yeah. And so Megan explains that this is because Republicans are supposedly against big government control. And she doesn't think any of these vaccine-hesitant people are being moved on the issue by Democrats. And mm -hmm. so everyone's kind of dunking on Republicans in this topic. And Megan isn't really defending them. She's just kind of explaining why she thinks that is. And Sarah giving her take on this if you were one of those people that wanted to read into these sort of things, you might think that perhaps Sarah was getting her revenge on Megan a little bit because Sarah made the point that it's very hypocritical to argue about wanting your privacy and not having any government control when the most private thing on her body her uterus seems to be open for business. And in regard to privacy, which I often in certain issues do agree that it's a slippery slope, I, I cannot argue privacy on a public health issue like this when I don't understand how the most private thing in my body, my uterus, seems to be open for business when it's convenient politically. So I will say that these passports are a great idea. If you wanted to read into it, <laughs> You might think that was directed on the uh, pro-lifer on the panel. Yeah. And so what is crazy then is after this topic, Megan then went on Twitter and started retweeting people that were dragging Sarah. 
So she's that just very so, openly like <laughs> so messy. What WTF? Like any anyone who was before being like, I'm not sure if they like each other. Now it's like, okay, there's not a w- possibility that they could ever <laughs> like each other because there's she's... no world where they like each other yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah. Also, this was the topic where Joy was talking and then Whoopi just went, your hair looks amazing, by the way. Yeah. I I don't see how the Democrats are supposed to convince the Republicans to get a brain going, okay? Okay. Your hair looks amazing, by the way. We'll be right back. Thank you, darling. (laughs) And it did. Yeah. It was so, like, bouncy, like, so voluminous and bouncy. (laughs) It looked amazing. And there was a comment on the YouTube that was like, Joy Behar is the most gorgeous 80-year-old I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. (laughs) So some other stuff they talked about. Also, I wanted to say I do think Joy is getting her groove back a little bit in terms of just being like a happier person. Yeah. You know what? That just occurred to me. I wonder if now that she's fully vaccinated, she was like able to get her hair done like as if she normally would. <laughs> and it like uplifted Like at her. a salon. And yeah, and it like literally lifted up her hair, but also like uplifted her spirits. <laughs> so some other things that they discussed in Hot Topics, uh, the impact of Googling your symptoms They said that the pandemic has increased the amount of people who go online for medical diagnosis. And they said, vaguely, researchers have found there can be an occasional value in going online to find out what's wrong with you. And Mm -hmm. so I think the reason I really wanted to talk about this was because Whoopi then goes, now, Joy... You say that you understand the appeal of going online for a diagnosis. And then Joy says, did I say that? (laughs) And Whoopi's like, apparently that's what they told me to say. Researchers found there can be value to using Dr. Google occasionally, sometimes. Now, Joy, you say you understand the appeal of going online for a diagnosis. Explain, please. (laughs) Did I say that? I like to go to the doctor. It's my only chance for a man to see me naked. Okay. Oh my God. We're seeing behind the curtain more like, and more every day. Why does it have to be like this? Why do they have yeah. to, why does it have to start with Whoopi saying like, Joy, I hear you like that. Like when will um, this end? <laughs> It got worse for me when Whoopi was like, Megan, what do you think? And Megan was like, well, I actually don't have much to say about this topic, so I pass. (laughs) Hey, uh, Megan, do you think it's a good idea for people to diagnose themselves by going on to Dr. Google? Uh, I don't know. I don't have a lot to say on this topic. I'm so sorry. I mean, I guess like Google, everyone Googles, but I like to go to the doctor as well. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. What? (laughs) Yeah. So they, they were also talking about, is it okay to date a friend's ex? Because... Yeah. They said recently a woman ran into her ex's friend's ex-husband and they ended up hitting it off and she wrote into the washington post column for advice and they all said like how they would feel sunny was like i don't like that blah 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 Sunny's answer was actually so funny because she was like well i don't even see how this is a conflict for someone because you just don't do that Like, I don't understand how this could be a personal conflict for you, because why would you even do that? They were like, we haven't given Sunny space to remind Manny that if he ever betrays her, that'll be (laughs) the end of it. So let's give her that space. Yeah. Which was, like, very funny. They all played their parts as they're supposed to. But then it gets to Megan, and she's like, my thoughts on this? Well, my thoughts are... 
Yeah, my thoughts about this are that Alexei Navalny is being held in a gulag in Russia right now, and he is slowly being killed, and the United States is doing nothing to sanction him, and we need to help Putin, Putin accountable, and he's going to die on our watch, and it is going to be cataclysmic for international relations, and any Democrat who cared about Russia needs to care about it now. Save Alexei Navalny. That's how I feel about dating your ex. And then she goes, we'll be right back. We'll be right back. <laughs> Will we? I hope so. <laughs> yeah, we'll be right back. Come on. Come on. That's red. Yeah, yellow card was pulled. Now it's the red card. Because you, we know how protective Whoopi is over her getting to say her lines. Yeah. And you just said one of Whoopi's lines. And Whoopi's like, Whoopi's response, she's like, <laughs> we'll be right back. And then Whoopi goes, will we? As if, <laughs> as if to say like, yeah, I'll be right back. I don't know about you. You might not be back. Me, Whoopi Goldberg? Yeah, I will be right back. I will be back. Yeah, it was like a double, uh, oh no, a double faux pas. Yeah. Of, like, not choosing the time and place to make the points that you deem important. making Belittling the other topics that people are talking about, which is not good. Belittling the producers for asking you to talk about this. Not good. And then stepping on Whoopi Goldberg's toes and becoming the moderator. No. Yeah. She did that on at least three or four different topics. And... I actually have such a big issue with that. Everyone else is getting paid to come up with something. Like, Joy literally did not give a fart or a shit. But she was like, oh, no, no. Like, I spent two seconds writing a joke. So I'll say that. Like, Like, to that point, literally in another topic that they did, which was about Zoom detention, Whoopi like kind of jokingly called out joy because it seemed like as if she wasn't paying attention at one point and she was like you don't care about this topic like haha like that's fine you don't care and joy said i care about all these topics because it is my job to care (laughs) and like i couldn't help but be like i kind of feel like that is a dig at megan yeah so like yeah for me like of all the things that megan like i can totally tolerate her saying things that i really disagree with every day but if you're gonna just take up the space and not say anything it's like shit or get off the pot yeah. To be a view co-host, you have to be like a superwoman and you have yeah. to come up with a dumb opinion on uh, WebMD. Like you have to, you just have to do it. It's your job. Yeah. They also talked about dad bods. Speaking of 2011, they also talked about dad bods. <laughs> it was literally like, do you like those? Yes or no? I have no, <laughs> like... <laughs> They said that apparently there was a recent survey and 75% of singles said they prefer a dad bod. (laughs) And this was yet another topic where they threw to Megan and Megan said, I mean, whatever. Come on, Megan. Yeah. What do you think? (laughs) I mean, whatever. Hugh Jackman? Like, I get it. It was a dumb topic. But But you have to find something to say. (laughs) Do you think I do you think I have any interest in talking about dad bod? But if you gave me a view salary and you put a camera on me and said, go, I would talk dad bod. I would talk your ear off about dad bod. Yes, I could give you so many opinions on (laughs) the culture of that. I would break down dad bod like it was my thesis statement. (laughs) There would not be enough time in the segment. (laughs) (laughs) They'd have to add another segment. They'd have to cancel the chase to add another segment of just me talking about dad bod. (laughs) I did. Okay. So I went searching on the dad bod topic for Mm. any, any Facebook reaction And this is what I found. Jerry said, for me, it's the personality of a dad bod. 
I dated a guy years ago who couldn't pass a mirror or a window without admiring himself, not attracted to pretty boys, prefer a rugged kind of guy. And then this man replied, please send me a friend request. (laughs) (laughs) It's important that your dad bod has personality too. God. Nothing worse than the a dad standards. bod with yeah. no personality. Our expectations for men are just way too high. <laughs> dad bod and personality, please. <laughs> One man can only do so much. Liz said, "Megan ruined this whole segment. Loosen up, girl. You must be the mo- <laughs> you must be the most boring date." Oh my god. And then this person who has an amazing name, Twa says this is such a fun segment and i have dated guys that have been tall and lean to average height and beefy and by beefy i mean 200 pounds of squishy loveliness i'm five feet and in my younger days i was probably 115 pounds to 130 pounds for the longest time covid really did a number on my scale lol but i am determined to get back soon and honestly once i dated a guy with a bit of fluff it kind of became my type would i love to date a man who is in incredible shape well yeah but since at the moment i'm not that petite girl i used to be i agree with sarah i would not feel confident in my current shape with a henry cavill slash jason momoa looking guy unless i got back to what i once was But the whole dad bod thing varies. I just want to meet a guy who can keep up with my personality, loves me, respects me, and doesn't mind the way that I am. Lol. These ladies, except for one of them, just cracks me up. I love Anna, and she's totally right. At the moment, if the guy's guy's a doctor or a nurse or works in the medical field, they get extra sexy points for me. This is like her like bumble opening paragraph yes (laughs) (laughs) yes well kevin another great week (laughs) of the view (laughs) well we have to stop we did it joe as always feel free to leave us a voice memo Mm. and maybe you'll get featured in an episode. Yes. You can host the podcast. You can rest. (laughs) And if not, you can rest easy knowing that your voice was the last thing I heard before going to bed. (laughs) So until the next time that we meet, have a great day. Take a little time to enjoy Frog's Legs. Frog's Legs. <laughs> Hit it, Abby. Oh, bloody, oh, blada, life goes on. We're bringing huntsmen.